All right, well, welcome. Our uh, theme today uh, is words. We're continuing the theme of uh, Proverbs, the study of Proverbs, Wise Up, and we're looking at the power of words. So, so many of the, the songs that we sung early in the service and the readings, all of it kind of flows into this important theme. I'll read it once, this first uh, verse, then I'll ask you to read it with me the second time. Proverbs 15, 4. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Would you read it with me? The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this room. We thank you for all the children um, who were just here blessing us with their songs. We thank you for everyone at Westmont Retirement uh, Home that's um, watching along. We thank you for the people in the room, the people watching on live stream. We thank you for everything. We ask that right now you would just open our hearts, our minds, and our lives to, to hear from you, to, to search our own hearts, our own pattern of words, that we might be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Well, we finally, we've reached fall, we've reached autumn, and the leaves are changing colors, and it's always a beautiful time of year, isn't it? The leaves, uh, you know, if, you have, if you're blessed with these kind of uh, trees in your neighborhood, you get the, the brightly colored leaves, and then they're beautiful for a while, and then, and, then, and then what happens to them? They begin to turn brown, and they begin to fall, and then there's a lot of cleanup work to do. And in my, uh, my family growing up, we had this one big, huge tree in our, in our front yard. I think maybe it was a mulberry, not a, not a tree expert, uh, but it would, it would just, I, I know it would just drop unbelievable amounts of leaves on our front yard, and my dad decided that it was the kid's job to pick up the leaves, okay? We had four siblings, and he'd uh, send out the three of the older ones of us to go out, and, and our job was to, was to just was to rake them up, scoop them up, put them in the bin. It would, take, it would take some time, and as soon as you, as soon as you finish that job, what happens? A little wind comes, covers the lawn, you do it all again. So it was a multiple times every autumn we'd have to go do this big raking job. And I remember this one time, my dad was out there with us, and he, he, he looked at me, and he said, Matt, you are a hard worker. And I, I remember when he said that to me, that it kind of filled me up. I, uh, I stood a little bit taller that day. I noted that he didn't tell my brother Tim that he <laughs> was a hard worker. There were three of us, and he looked at me, and he said it to me. So I stood taller. I moved a little faster. I scooped a little bit more. I started to live into this identity that I was a hard scooper of leaves, right? I was a hard worker. So fast forward in time a few years, and my dad's not out there. My older brother is not out there. But now my younger sister has arrived onto the scene of the leaf scooping, my younger sister Elizabeth. And I decided to see if what my dad did for me, if I could do it for my younger sister and get her to work harder. So I said to her, Elizabeth, you are a hard worker. And sure enough, I did the same thing to her. She 
really? I'm a hard worker. And she got fired up. I was like, yeah, you're amazing. Like, you're like the best scooper out here. It's like, really, really? Yeah, she got her hyped up. She started doing these huge scoops of leaves. And we had this thing called Super Scooper, where she would just like fill the arms uh, and, and legs with leaves. And I'd pick her up by her pants and her jacket, <laughs> put her over the trash can, she'd dump it in. And that's how we would pick it up. It was unbelievable how much uh, extra power there could be if someone was simply told, you're a hard worker, power of words, power of words. I'm gonna read that first scripture again, that proverb. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue, a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. I want you to think with me today about some people in your life who have played both of those roles for you. We'll start with the encouraging one. I want you to think with me about someone in your life who has been deeply encouraging to you, who said something affirming to you about you that helped form some level of confidence in you, some level of identity. Now, if you're at home, I want to invite people to kind of pair up in the room. If you're at home, I want to invite you to comment. You can go ahead and comment uh, online or to someone near you. So I want you to find someone. I want you to look around. Make sure no one gets left out. Some people come on their own. Make sure you find them. Make sure that you're in groups of like two or three. And I want you to just complete this sentence. I was encouraged when a certain person, you can name them, told me that I was blank. I was encouraged when my dad told me that I was a hard worker. That make sense? Okay, let's find somebody and uh, share with each other. Okay. I'm glad to see that this was not a tough item. You guys have, but stay, if you went, uh, you're going to come back to your partner in just a minute. So there's going to be another question in just a minute. So, um, but I'm glad you were able, I, there's a buzz in the room, I, I, you guys were all able mostly to, to think of somebody who said something encouraging to you about you. You were encouraged when? This is when the tongue can be a tree of life. Proverbs also tell us the opposite. They tell us that a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. I think we've probably also had the experience of somebody telling us something was wrong with us. When I was a kid, I was primarily made fun of for two things. The first was, I was too skinny. Now, I'm six foot three. When I was in ninth grade, entering ninth grade from eighth, I was also six foot three, but I was 50 pounds lighter. <laughs> now just take a minute and, and just imagine my, me 50 pounds lighter, okay? I was frequently called a bean pole. Now to this day, I've still never seen a literal bean pole. I don't know what it looks like, but it sounds really bad, doesn't it? it just sounds skinny. I didn't like being called a bean pole. And so in junior high, I came up with a solution. I was gonna wear baggy clothes. Really 
baggy, extra large shirts, right? Big, you know, you guys all remember, right? Big, baggy clothes. And then maybe it would hide the fact that I was secretly a beanpole. Now, I didn't realize it, but that habit continued for years and years until I was dating Joy. And Joy asked me the question, hey, hey Matt, how, how come you're swimming in all your clothes? <laughs> and I did some self-reflection, and I, I think it's like, well, I think it goes back to junior high, and I guess it's because I don't want people to see my shape. And she said to me these words of life, I like your shape. <laughs> really? Can I make my shirt any tighter for you, babe? Huh? You like it? You like it? I would have never worn this shirt pre-joy. But she told me it's okay. You don't have to hide from that anymore. Right? I'm also 50 pounds wider. <laughs> another, thing, another thing that I was made fun of mercilessly as a kid was I was too white, too pale. I've always had really pale skin, thanks to my Scottish ancestors. And other white kids would make fun of me for being too white. I didn't like going to church youth group pool parties because there was always Greg Brown and Rob Atchison, those same two guys that I grew up with would always be there. And they would always make the same joke that somehow never got old. As soon as I would take my shirt off to go swimming, they'd say, oh, no, no, the, uh, it's too bright. It's going to make us go blind. The sun's with Matt. Put your shirt on before we all go blind. Hey, who's laughing over here? <laughs> Stop laughing. Stop laughing. See, it never gets old, right? All, all the junior high girls would laugh at Rob and Greg's joke. Greg, I hope you're watching. And uh, I became sensitive about it, and my definition of hell became junior high pool parties. Now, I, I actually shared this with Greg. Greg's been one of my best friends since uh, you know, I was born. Uh, recently, he goes, you know why I did that? It's because I was trying to distract people from how chubby I was, you know? And he would say that his, his trick at the pool party was always to, to get someone to throw him in with his clothes on so that he would have an excuse for keeping his clothes on the whole time, right? Like, there's so much sensitivity that we all have about such things. And the perverse tongue can crush the spirits. I want you to just take a minute, find that same partner and be a little vulnerable with me or with, with each other as I have tried to be with you and say this. When I was a kid, people told me that I was too something. Fill in the blank. Okay, don't leave anyone alone. Go find someone. If they're sitting by themselves, go find somebody. And uh, let's take a minute to share this. And you can, guys can type this online at home in the comment section. Okay, if there's anyone here who can't think of anything, 
If there's anyone here who can't think, oh, no one ever told me that I was too something, does it mean you were the person saying it? Hmm. No, no, no. I'm sure all of us, all of us, all of us can think of something that somebody said was wrong with us. Proverbs says, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Let me share with you two more Proverbs like it. 1821. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 1111. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. Words are powerful. Our words can give life or they can take it away. They can build up or destroy. They can heal wounds or they can inflict them. In our study today, I want to walk you through the various uh, proverbs. There's a lot of them that speak about the power of the tongue and they go into a little bit more detail about what kind of words give life and what kind of words destroy life and crush spirits. So we're going to start with that second category, words that kill. The first category of words that kill in the book of Proverbs is mockery. Mockery. We see this in eleven twelve. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue It's kind of similar to an American proverb. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't don't say anything at all. Proverbs 29, 8. Mockers stir up a city, but the wise turn away anger. This is similar to Jesus speaking about turning the other streak when we're struck, or turning the other cheek when we're struck, and uh, loving enemies. Proverbs 22, 10. Drive out the mocker, and out goes strife. Quarrels and insults are ended. So actually, drive out the mocker, and you can solve this problem. It gives us the possibility that we could be unwilling to tolerate these endless insults and negativity. That we could say to somebody, you know what, I've heard just about enough of that, Knock it off. We don't talk like that around here. I want to be all done with that kind of speech. Drive out the mocker and out goes strife. Quarrels and insults are ended. I still hear the voice of my dad in my heart saying, Matt, you are a hard worker. Matt, you are smart and talented And you can do anything you set your mind to. And when I hear my dad's voice echo in my mind, I grow bigger, I work harder, and I do bolder things. But if I hear the voice of little Greg and little Rob saying, you're too white, you're too skinny, your nose is too big, and your hair is too curly, I shrink smaller. Mockery. Words that can kill mockery. Okay, another category in the Proverbs of words that can kill gossip. Gossip can kill. Gossip is similar to mockery, only the person is not in the room. 
So mockery is to your face. Gossip is behind your back. We see this in 26, 22. The words of a gossip are choice morsels, meaning like a good tasting food, and they go down into the inmost parts. Meaning they're enjoyable, they're tasty, it finds a way into our hearts. We, we, we love hearing gossip. There's all kinds of, uh, there's, 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 there's whole uh, entertainment programs designed based on celebrity gossip. We live in the age of TMZ, don't we? Just wait till TMZ gets the tape. And large portions of every conversation I've ever heard in a coffee shop are gossip talking about people behind their backs. And it might be fun and engaging. We might just feel like we're just processing. But it sours our views of other people. And so we don't know that this tasty meal that we're eating is actually poison for our hearts. 1628, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Good, strong friendships in the book of Proverbs are, are, are sacred. They're precious. And to break up a friendship is a sinister thing. Proverbs invite us to reflect on our speech. Am I diminishing the person I'm talking to? Am I, am I diminishing their view of the person I'm speaking about? Then it's gossip. Am I creating tension or distance in, that, in their relationship? Then it's gossip. They leave the conversation with me feeling that somebody else is stupider or more unreasonable or less of a good person than when we enter the conversation. Then it's gossip. 2019, a gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. <laughs> this is interesting. This is, this is a mental note for each of us. If we are talking to somebody who tends to gossip, if they're gossiping to us, we should have the presence of mind to think that as soon as we are out of the room, who are they going to be gossiping about? Right? It goes both ways. And so they said, if anybody kind of tends to talk too much, gossip too much, maybe, maybe just don't, don't say too much to them if you don't want it spread around. 2620. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Think how many relational fires that we could put out if we simply refused to take part in gossip. If we just said, you know what, hey guys, let's not, let's not talk about Todd Dunn without him in the room. You know, it's getting old, it's all people ever talk about. It's more about Todd Dunn. It just feels wrong. You change the subject, okay? If it happens, you can, if you notice it's happening, it's creeping into some kind of relationship, you can just change the subject. You know what you can say? Here's two, two things I always say. One, I used to say to my kids, hey, what do you guys think is the cutest kind of puppy? <laughs> Instantly, that's what we're talking about. Or you can say, how about them Niners? <laughs> All right? Just see what happens. You know, just change the subject. If we become a people that just simply will not tolerate gossip, 
then it just can go away. There can be more peace and harmony in every community that refuses to tolerate gossip. Now, my friends, I gotta tell you, this is one of the sins in the Bible, the Bible's really, really clear about, that we tend to get really unclear because we just relabel it. Oh, I'm just, I'm just processing, right? But actually, we've gotta think it out. We're feeling tension about one relationship, and so we're talking about it in another who's not a professionally trained therapist. <laughs> we might be gossiping, let's think about it. Okay, so words that can kill, we've got, we've got uh, mockery, we've got gossip. This next category in Proverbs, lies. Lies can kill. This is 1018. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. What's the difference between gossip and slander? Well, slander is gossip that's untrue. Gossip's bad, but slander's even worse because it's also untrue. We want to be people of truth. Proverbs 29, 12, if a ruler listens to lies, all his officials become wicked. This is an interesting one. I'm not sure we, we always um, have this presence in our mind, but, but think about if you're a leader in any capacity, if you're a leader at home, if you're a leader at work, if you're a leader at church, you're a leader at school, you have influence of any kind, pay attention to this, if a, if a ruler, if a leader tolerates lies, listens to lies, then suddenly they're, they're surrounded by wicked advisors. The leader who refuses to listen to lies will be surrounded by truth tellers. And a ruler who's willing to listen to lies and tolerate that, wicked people will flock to their midst. So we insist on truth telling. Proverbs 19.9, 19, 9. A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will perish. That's a major concern in the book of Proverbs. False accusations. When somebody wrongfully accuses somebody else of a wrongdoing, they're slandering the person's reputation, they're subjecting them to, to, to reputational damage, they are um, uh, subjecting them to uh, trial in the court, they could lose property, they could lose their life, all based on a false accusation. And the Proverbs teach us that such things burn both ways. The person who's actually doing the lie, making the false accusation, also gets burned in the process, and there will be punishment in store. And so the Proverbs tell us mockery kills, gossip kills, lies kill, and flattery, flattery kills. Proverbs 26, 28, a lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. A flattering mouth works ruin. I mentioned a, a couple weeks ago uh, about the American Idol contestants. You remember this? The American Idol contestants whose parents had filled them up. You're the best singer that ever was. And they've, all they've heard is flattery their whole lives, and they go in, they go in for a rude shock when they realize they cannot, in fact, Sing. Encouragement can be life, but flattery can lead to death. My dad told me that I'm a hard worker. My dad never told me that I'm a great singer. The difference between flattery and encouragement is whether it's true or not. And finally this, anything hasty, 
The sages of Proverbs say anything hasty can kill. 1528, the heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. We have a proverb like this, don't we? Think before you, think before you speak. 1813, this is the, uh, maybe the most helpful for marriages. You ready? Anybody who's, anybody who's married? 1813, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Man, how many times have we all done this one? I can't, I can't, I just can't imagine the number of times in which we're, we're in a, a heated discussion, right? And my mind starts moving to my next good points. But then at some point when I interrupt and I say my points, I have revealed my folly and shame that I did not fully understand what was being said to me, right? Anything hasty, Proverbs urges us to listen and to think before we speak. We see this later in the New Testament. You should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And what that allows us to do when we take our time, when we, when we bite our tongue for just a moment, maybe say a quick prayer, let our, let our breath collect, is we're able to change from the words of death we were about to speak, consider them, and trade them in for words of life instead. And so we want to surrender all these words that can kill the lies and the slander, the gossip and the flattery and all of that. We want to move to words of life. Amen? So let's look at the words that give life. Just give you three categories. The first one is truth. Proverbs teaches us that truth gives life. 24, 26. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Now, kids, that's, a, that's supposed to be a good thing. Okay. An honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Sweet truth, honesty, directness. Don't you love it when someone just plays it straight with you? And they tell you what they see, what they think, and what they feel, and then you know where you stand. Truth can give life. Next category Words that give life timely, wise advice. In 1523, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply. And how good is a timely word? How sweet is it when you call someone up, you need some advice, you need some counsel, you don't know the way, and you call someone up and they actually pick up their phone and they listen to you, and they give you great advice, and you leave feeling informed, feeling advised. It's so beautiful and sweet. What's interesting about this verse that we read, though, is that there's actually joy for both people. It says, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply. That means uh, that there's a, the, kind of a moment there can be joy for the person who's giving the good, timely advice, as well as the person who is receiving both or blessed. And so words that give life truth, timely, wise advice. And then finally this, kindness and encouragement. 1225, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. 1624, gracious words are a honeycomb Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. 
I know that everyone here has heard a word that has crossed your soul. I hope you've also heard words that taste like honey to your soul and refresh you and give you life. You should know that Jesus says a good word over you. You are called by the most high God, my, my beloved, my precious child, you who I love and long for. Jesus has the final word over us. And I hope that you also get encouraging words from each other. The first date that I ever went on in college was a double date to a fraternity formal. And at dinner before the show, my date looked at me and said, you know, Matt, your hair looks like a microphone cover. microphone. It was, it was a longer and poofier, you know, like a microphone cover, right? And before I could even answer this uh, surprising comment, um, the other girl, my friend's date, said, oh, really? I've always thought Matt's hair looks like a used Q-tip. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm, I'm, just, what? I'm just stunned. I'm like, what the, what's going on here, right? Do you think I paid attention to anything that else was said the rest of the night? I'm just constantly, microphone cover, use Q-tip. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't think I ever spoke to those girls again. I have no memory of ever speaking to them again. But when I dated Joy, she said four words to me that tasted like honey. She said, I like your hair. Guess who I've entrusted to be my barber for the last 21 years? <laughs> Except for that one time I went to that one lady and she shaved my head. So back to joy is the barber. She likes my hair, likes my shape. <sighs> Can get a little bit more confidence because of the love of my wife and her words. May we be people who speak words of truth and wise counsel and kindness and encouragement to each other. And in doing so, we help make believable to people the loving embrace and the kind words of our God. Your words are powerful. Choose them well. Ask the Spirit of God to come in and redeem your tongue. Repent of everything that you say that kills other people, that crushes the spirit and hurts the community. Let the blood of Jesus come in and make you clean and let the Holy Spirit teach you a new way to live. I wanna close with this, these Proverbs from Proverbs chapter 10, beginning in 19. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. May the, words, may the Lord use our words to nourish and heal many. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, you've given us a lot to think about today, about what we say. We do pray that you would forgive us for all the ways we go astray here 
and that you'd heal us from all the damage that we have in our hearts by other people's words. And may you just use these lips, these tongues in this room, to impart life and hope and joy and health to all whom we meet in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Good. Nice job, guys. That was awesome. Um, thank you for being here. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again uh, next week. If any of you would like prayer, we've got some people that, that come here. and You guys can go ahead and stand there. and We, we have people to pray for you, and uh, we'll just pray for you about anything. One little correction, that kids' night out is uh, through fifth grade, not through third grade. So don't let your fourth and fifth graders miss out. Uh, let's hear this. Let me give you this, this blessing. May you know the love of God And may you hear the voice of God who speaks over you that you are loved, that you are precious, that you are forgiven, that you are held, that you are redeemed. May it fill you and may it drown out all the negative voices of the devil in the world that would tell you otherwise. May it restore your soul and may you pass this blessing on to all whom you meet. God bless you.